This is a Project Humanoid production. Whammo. Project Humanoid, this is Murder, My Dude. I'm BP Burke. And, um, you know, it's me. It's him. It's me. It's that guy. Jackson Wells, I guess. Whatever. Whatever. I mean, I couldn't really bother, you know, be bothered to be here, but I'm here. Whatever. All right. Well, as long as you're here. Yeah, I guess. For now. What's one of those things? What's it like um, 50% of success or 80% of something that is showing up? Yep. You're, you're, a good, you're a good bit of the way there. I'm here. Whatever. Today I'm Jackson Wells, but, you know, tomorrow I might be gone. We could all be gone. Depends on how famous I get on Meet Me. I'm, yeah. I'm currently sitting at, like, a 92,000 diamonds. Impressive. Impressive as hell. Are you impressed? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, kind of a big deal in my social circle. Everybody loves me. Change of pace from, you know, everything else <laughs> that, that I've ever done in life. Well, you found your tribe, I guess. No, yeah. But with that, there's always going to be, you know, there's always going to be somebody that, that uh, comes and shits in the soup, as they say. I hate a soup shitter. Yeah. I said that last night. I literally said those words. I literally said, I hate a soup shitter. I well, said, be weird if you like this. I don't I think even the well, soup I don't think anybody's like... ever brought up soup shitting. That's so. True. So why would that even be a thing, you know? But, uh, but because I, I didn't want to say, like, you know how everybody was like, oh, who pissed in your Cheerios or whatever? Cornflakes, yeah, Cheerios. Right, yeah. some kind of cereal. Yeah. So I was like, let's take uh, let's take it from uh, pissing to pooping. How about if I if I can pitch something here? Sure. How about instead of soup? Yeah. Sherbert. No. Shitting in your Sherbert? Yeah. He's a Sherbert shitter. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a funnier word. Right, but I like soup a lot. So why do you want somebody to shit in it? Because you you could you could poop in your soup. I like poop in your soup. Who pooped in your soup? Yeah, that's right. Let's do that. Yeah. We, we could shit in your sherbet and poop in your soup. I think we've we've reached got a it. compromise. Yeah, we've got it. We've got it. And that is why two people can always come to a compromise on anything unless one of them's an asshole. Or both of them are Or a assholes. Trump supporter. I already said asshole. That's true. So, um, as I've said before, uh, it takes... Uh, so you need to get to 80K... Mm-hmm. to cash out for 200 so you're well over that and u.s dollars cashing out no oh so also before you could cash out you can convert mm-hmm. uh and there's like the numbers are off it's like a little bit what is it it's like uh i don't know you get like half of whatever to convert i mean i, I, I can bring eh, whatever it doesn't matter um anyway so so you convert, you you take the stuff that you have, you take your diamonds, and you convert it to points, and then you can gift other people. And the the thing, it's good because it's it's kind of like a good like social standing type mm-hmm. thing. It's like, okay, this guy doesn't just take, he gives to. Right. Or woman or whatever. It's like an unwritten rule that you do that. Yeah, right. 
And um, and it also, I think, helps. I don't know if it helps you with like on because I don't know. I think leaderboards are more about receiving than giving. But people are going to be more likely to give you something if they gave you if if you give them something. Yeah, there are perks too. There's like you can you have different levels of of gift like there's gifting levels and uh so currently I'm sitting at like 60 or 26 um my level's like 26 for gifting do you learn any new spells along the way no that'd be cool though like, i think I, I, th- I always think of levels in terms of japanese rpgs okay like final fantasy like, right. oh, i hit level 18 i learned yeah. cure 2 i think you I get i think you get different you get different gifts that you can you can give okay like I know that there are perks. I'm not sure about what all the perks are, but there. Do you have to equip materia at all? Don't know what that means. Okay. So no. All right. Maybe, but no. Um, you're playing too much Final Fantasy VII remake. And then you're right. Yes, yes, you are. And then you you get like different like bronze, silver, gold, and then you know it goes into like rubies and diamonds and all this shit for platinum for stream. Uh, maybe oh. uh, for streamers. Um. Be funny if uh, somebody could hit wood. <laughs> I know Eminem uh, said that about <laughs> Everlast. <laughs> his record went wood. Until you said his record won. <laughs> his record went wood. There was a great joke about that in South Park, where uh, Stan and Kyle and uh, I think it was Kenny had uh, had a band, and and it was like cuz you kept calling cuz you know how everlast is woodpecker like yeah. that's the thing he's like woodpecker went wood mad cuz his record won wood mhm yeah, it's a great line uh but yeah like uh, Kyle and Stanny and Ken had a bit Kyle and Kyle and Stan and no, you Kenny. can say it you can I say it. it I got it yeah. I got it out they had a band and they were and then Cartman wanted to give them music too and he, they had a bet that on which one of them would go platinum first and so Cartman was like, I know how I can get people to buy my records. I'll do Christian music. It's like, they'll buy anything. Yeah. And so he basically starts this thing where he just takes all these old songs, like all these old love songs, and he just takes out Baby and puts in Jesus. So it's like, I really want you to me, Jesus. And, and stuff like that. And, stu- and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he does really well. But apparently, instead of platinum, when it's a Christian thing, you go myrrh. Okay. <laughs> so he went, yeah. like, double myrrh. Right. But he didn't go platinum. Yeah. So he didn't win the bet. That's funny. Um, But yeah, so so I convert a lot. And at some point, I go, you know what? I'm just going to get rid of all of the diamonds that they gave me. Because I go, I'm never going to hit 80K. Right. This is the other day, by the way. Right. I go, I'm never going to hit 80K. Never going to hit it. Um, not this time. And one in one stream, some lady comes in and drops two jets, which are worth like twenty thousand each. That's halfway to eighty k, right there. Right, and that's I think after that was when I was like, um, this was like a once, yeah, you know, I'm never gonna do this. Right. And then like this morning, like right as I'm about to get off, I'm like, all right. You know, have a good night. It was just at, at the end of the at the end of my stream. It was just me, this dude Dave, and this dude Quag. It's the three of us. I think I think there may have been people lurking, but you know, you can't tell. You can tell who's been in the chat. You know, like been in the live, but you can't tell who's actually watching. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, I think it's just the three of us, and I'm like, all right, man. You know, all right, whatever. I'm I'm out. You know, 
And as I'm about to fucking go, as like literally as I'm about to, to press the button to end the stream, to end the stream, uh, Dave hits me with a fifteen thousand point gift. Oh, that was very nice of him. And yeah, and he put me over because I was like, I don't know, what was I at? Seventy something. I forget what I was at. And yeah, so he it brought me to like 92 or 93,000 uh, diamonds. Nice. I was like, whoa, what the hell? Yeah, so if I wouldn't have converted, I would have been able to cash out at this point. Uh, but but I did convert. And uh, so now I'm sitting at, because of that stream, that stream alone was, uh, I think, about like a 25,000 point stream. Because he hit me with the the the, uh, the fifteen thousand, and then I got like ten. Other than that, ten thousand. Rad. Yeah. So it was a pretty good friggin' stream. Pretty good for my only like sixth or seventh time streaming. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like other people, they they there are a lot of other people that just it's taking them forever, and that's that's why I was like, well, I'm just gonna convert all of this now because i'm not going to do this anymore like not that i don't want to i'm just i was like this is a fluke that i got this many to you know to begin with that nobody's going to want to come in and chill in my stream and gift me like that and then and then it just happened and happened and happened so i don't know i uh i guess that's where somebody would go i feel i feel blessed because I understand the psychology of it. Right. I understand why. Because it's it's a... I think when people say they're... Bl- I think that they feel that they're not worthy of something, and then something good happens to them. You know, hey, look, good things happen to bad people. You know? Most of the time, yes. Good things happen to bad people. What does that mean? What does that mean? Does, does that no mean- justice in the world is what that means. I think... Um, but I think that it makes some of those bad people believe that that there's a higher power because they know that they're bad. They yeah. know they've done bad things in the world. And, <clears throat> and then they get rewarded. So because they're getting rewarded, they go, well, I've done bad things, but God must be looking out for me. Yeah, I guess so. You know, because it's, it's, it's tricking them. It all depends on what you want to attribute things to. If you want to attribute it to some, if you needed to attribute that to some mystical force, right? Then I guess you do that. You could always attribute it to chance. Well, you but always... but you don't attribute it to chance if you're a religious person. Yeah, and a lot of people become true. religious because of shit like that. Yeah, because no, there's yeah, a shitty absolutely. person that gets uh, gifted something. So not that I'm saying I'm a shitty person, but I always think I'm a I'm shitty. I'm saying person. you're a shitty. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but I I always feel I'm a shitty person. Always. Me too. I feel I'm a shitty person most of the time. But, but all right, based off of what? I don't know. Just low self-esteem. Right. But based off other than that? I don't know. Just, what, I always feel like I can do more. But that's not really criteria for, for being a shitty person. It's, it's not about... A shitty person is what you've done wrong, not what you can do more or do better. That's just... That's, that's you know... That's you. That's 100%. I think in order for you to be a shitty person, you had to have done something shitty. Not giving more than what you're already giving does not make you a shitty person. I mean, that's just the truth. Have you ever have you ever gave to a homeless person? Yes. Okay, then you're not a shitty person. Because 
Now, have you give, given to a homeless person, but then have you ever gone and just randomly punched somebody in the face? No. I have. So the punching somebody in the face part makes me feel like I'm a shitty person. Okay. What have you done specifically to make you a shitty person other than not giving more? Um, I feel like I should, I could be more... No, 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 See, we're going with the more. Forget the word more. Okay, Forget, I, I, for... I'm, I, I'm drawing a blank. That's what I'm saying, because, because that's, it. you have nothing. You have nothing that you can, that you can throw at me that makes you a shitty person. Other than saying, I could do better at this, or more than that. Like, everybody can want to be better, that doesn't make them a shitty person. Doing shitty things makes you a shitty person. I've done lots of shitty things in my life. Lots of shitty things. I've said awful things. I've done awful things. I've been fucking violent. There's a lot of shitty things I've done in my life, but I don't think that there's, uh, I don't think it's too late to, to find redemption. And I don't want to sound religious when I say that because <laughs> it, but, but I understand all of the, all of the psychology to all that religious stuff. No, oh, yeah, I, I understand that. all the psychology, and I, and it, and that's why I'm saying, like, in a, in a case like that where where I feel like I'm a shitty person, and then I keep hearing all this, oh, human, human's the coolest dude, oh, human's so fucking nice, human's so cool, oh, got favorite human. I go on somebody else's stream, human's the fucking best human, and I'm like, I've received in, in the past two months now that I've been on that thing, love like I've never fucking felt love before in any chat room I've ever been on ever like in in the the 23 years of going on the internet you know like and i don't know what it is i don't know why because i haven't changed i'm the same fucking person i think the only thing that i do now that i didn't do before was i walk away from shitty situations okay instead of arguing with somebody even if they're wrong and i'm right Mm -hmm. you know even if it's from a just fucking place i just walk away from it now because i always thought you know what the best thing to do is to argue with that person say no fuck you you're fucking wrong and try to put them in their place but i've realized now that i'm approaching 40 it's not my place and you know just approaching 40 so hard your the wheels have come out of the airplane i just i don't know because I, I feel that somebody's wrong if they don't stand up to somebody. Like, if you don't stand up to a bully, you're just letting that bully keep bullying people. And I always felt like I was the bully bully. Mm-hmm. Like, I would bully the bully. But anytime I've done that, people have only seen me bullying. The Robin Hood of bullies. You know the situation where, like, a kid... We've we've seen this with a, a, a certain person we used to live with. Mm-hmm. We used to live in their house, and there were two brothers. And the one brother would, like, poke the other brother. Right. And when the other brother would poke back, the one that poked back got in trouble for poking. Right. Not the one that poked first. Right. I always felt like I... And I... So I I would relate to that brother. Mm-hmm. When everybody else was like, oh, he's the bad one. He's the... And everybody else loved the, the one that would, uh, you know, start the shit. That was always every fucking... Every time... I would see, uh, like that happened. Like I was like, I, I relate to that. I relate to, to the brother poking back and then getting in trouble. I, Cause that's, that's always been my shit. Like I hope people start shit and then I respond to them 
but I'm the only one that gets shit for responding. Why are you starting shit? Why are you getting involved in shit? Drama, 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 drama. So I realized after 20 something years of always responding to that shit to just let it roll off my back and walk away. Yeah. That's what you've always done. Yeah. And it leads to a more docile way of life, if nothing else. Yeah, it does. No, it does. But I, I always felt if I do that, if I just walk away, then that bully is going to go and bully somebody else. Even if you don't, they might still do it, though, especially if it's like a verbal thing. Like, especially on the internet. But I feel that... I don't know how, how much you can put somebody in their place on the internet. Oh, uh, you could definitely put somebody in their place. I've put people in their place. I've put people in their place, but... But you're right, though, to a point, because there are certain people that, you know, because there are people that I've argued with that I haven't put in their place. Because they're always just going to be a shithead. And I think, yeah, and I think that's what, the way discourse is going now, where if you argue with somebody and tell them they're wrong... They're it, just going to keep doing it. It's going to make them dig their heels in more. I said that today. Yeah. Or last night, excuse me. I said that... Um, especially poli- politically. Especially yeah. politically. I just said that... And that's this, both sides. Oh, that's not, actually, that's not, it was last yeah. night. It was last night. It was in my thing. So there was a dude who was going on about whatever, and then some girl goes... Uh, she's like, She said to him, she's like, wow, you're a real charmer, you know? And then she started like kind of going at him, and I was like, listen... He's wrong in this situation. What he's saying is wrong. But you antagonizing him is not going to get him to calm down. He's going to get even he's going to be even more wrong because he's going to keep doing just leave him alone. Like he's wrong and we're not going to be able to change him. Right. So just let it go. Like there's no no point. We're not going to change. You know, maybe somebody can, but I don't think it's going to be this right here. You know, Um, but. But anyway, yeah, I, I I felt love like, now there's been a couple times, there's been a few times where I felt like, uh-oh, is the world shifting now? Is it going back to how right. it normally is? Cause, it's because back into a pumpkin. Yeah, am I, am I losing grip of this fairy tale? Uh, because there was one time I go, I go into a, a chat and I don't know, this girl gave me diamonds or whatever. You know, she gifted me. Which, if you're a Twitch fan, it's almost like bits, basically. Ew. So I uh, I went into her thing one day, uh, her her stream, and she was like yelling at someone and like cursing, "Get the fuck out of my room!" And I was like thinking, I'm like, "What is it? A brother or sister? Like, get the fuck out of my room! You're a fucking piece of shit!" Blah, 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 blah. And we're like, "Who's that?" And she's like, "My fucking kid." And I was like, excuse me? Yeah, it was like an eight-year-old kid of hers that she was like freaking out on. They're the biggest piece of shit. Fuck you. I can't fucking stand you. I hate you. Get the fuck out of my room. And And I'm like... We're on a uh, streak here on the show of people doing bad stuff to kids, and it's not ending after this in this episode. And I'm like, you are a shitty fucking person. I was like... And I I start to lay into her. I was like, you should not have uh, any fucking kids. Like, they should be calling... Somebody should have called fucking Child Protective Services. Right. That There's no reason that that... But right there, I start saying that, and then some dude that was in her box was like, I don't think she's doing anything wrong. Fuck you. I don't think she's doing anything wrong. That's what I would say to my kid. And I'm like, and this is where the problem is. Mm-hmm. 
like people think that that behavior is okay. Now, people listening to this, there it's they're going to be people that think that like no, you're right. That girl's a piece of shit. Fuck her. You were absolutely just in what you did. And then there are going to be other people that are going to go, "Mind your business. It's not your kid." Right. They're wrong. That people and then they're going to yeah, think I mean, I'm wrong. What if the kid they're slapping the kid around is that okay? Yes. Too? T- yes, literally. Somebody said dude said it to me last night. He was like, "Do you hit your kid?" And I was like, "No, but I have." And he goes, "Good." And I'm like, which one? And he's like, that you have. And I go, ah, that's the problem. Right. I was like, because I have. I've, I've hit my kids in the past. Like, I've spanked my kids. You know, I've spanked my kids in the past. Not like punching them in the fucking right, face or anything right. like that. But like, you know, little spanking. Uh, and I, I, if I could go back and change that, I would. 100%. I, we don't need violence. We That's not going to, you know, did it ever stop my kids from Making mistakes again? No. Like if if the if only thing that succeeds in doing is making your children scared of you. If you, I was petrified of my dad growing up. I was petrified of my dad. I didn't respect or, or you know or love my dad because of it. It just made me scared of him and not want to talk to him. Um, a girl was talking to me about like letting a kid, you know, oh if the kid keeps touching, you know, keeps uh. Like touching a stove and, and they get burnt, they'll learn their lesson. I go, well, you're not a good fucking parent if you keep letting your kid touch a fucking stove. Right. You're just not a good parent. Now, look, here's the thing. They're going to think I'm wrong. I'm going to think they're wrong. I, there's a divide. I don't know how, because I know in my heart, I know what's good or bad. Good or bad is it's fucking, what's the, 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 the phrase cut and dry? Cut and dried, I believe. Cut and dried, whatever. But yeah. You get you get the idea. Right. I mean, I think, and, and I, I mean a metaphor. I, I I know this. I get the stove thing, and I agree with it metaphorically, not literally touching a hot stove. Like metaphorically, no, they mean, yes, they I, mean yeah, that's, like that's bad. Like, I, in so much as you should allow your kids to make mistakes and learn from them. Yeah, I think so. Yes, but yeah, not literally. Touching but if you the can prevent, if you can prevent your not kid from going to scar them for or right. hurt them like that. If yeah. you can prevent your kid from doing it, you right. need to do that. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's a hundred times. Right, it doesn't matter if it's two hundred times. You need to still step in and be a fucking parent. You're not a good parent if you're not preventing it. Mm-hmm. If you're able to, you know. Um, but my, my issue is, so at that point, that's where you have to go, okay, we're never going to agree because you're always going to think that shit like that is right. And I'm always going to think that shit like that is wrong. We just, we have nothing to talk about. It's an agree to disagree moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We have nothing to talk about. And that's where I am in my life. And so I start weeding out the shit. Mm -hmm. I start weeding out the shit. Let me ask you a question. I, I'll, I'll finish this up. I'll wrap this up, but I'll but I'll tell you. Uh, so I, I was I would go into different lives on Meet Me because this is kind of my soapbox moment. Um, and then we'll get into a story about uh, the you know the Hindenburg, Lindbergh, yeah, whatever, chocolate. Um, that's Lindor, Lindor. Then I was thinking of a Berg chocolate. Is there a Berg chocolate? A bird? Berg. Oh, <laughs> bird chocolate. Ooh, chocolate egg. Cream egg, yeah. Cadbury was a fucking bunny, dude. No, the cream egg, like an egg. Bunnies don't... I know the Cadbury bunny, but I know. bird why, egg, Cadbury Why eggs? do bunnies have eggs, right? Because they're both fertility symbols and it's pagan. I, I get it. <laughs> That's why. I understand that, you know, but there were special magical bunnies that laid yeah. eggs. Did they lay them or did they just deliver them? I think they just delivered them. Gotcha. Okay. Anyway, so... Uh, there were a few different streams I would go on, on meet me 
I would go in there and I'd hang out. And I, you know, loyalty. I, loyalty to me is important. Maybe you're not, maybe you don't give a shit about loyalty. But I, I believe in loyalty. But I think people have different ideas of what loyalty is. I think people think that loyalty is show up and be loyal no matter what. Even if I shit all over you. That's not loyalty. It's a two-way street. That's just, t- right. That's just taking advantage. So when I start to show up to somebody's stream, and I say hi a million times, and I give a couple small gifts, and they ignore me and ignore me and ignore me and ignore me, and only acknowledge the people giving big gifts, or people that are female, or whatever, or male, depending on, you know, like a good-looking guy, or... You know, somebody that has that that's that's that has money. I'm just gonna be like, all right, well, I'm out because there's no what's. I'm I'm here every day. I'm showing up. You're getting my loyalty in that way. I'm you're getting my support in that sense. You know, mm-hmm. and that I that's happened a few times. There was this one this this girl. Uh, I would go into her stream all the time, every fucking day, every day for almost two months, and um. She was literally the reason why I, st- I kept going there because I was like, I I really enjoy like her streams. And um, it got to a point for some reason where I would go in and the the chat's kind of dead at first. I'm like, hey, and there's somebody before me that she's assigned to and somebody after me she's assigned to and doesn't say anything to me. And I'm basically waving like, hello, me, it's me. Hey, down here. Hey. Right. Hey. Hello. Nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. I'm like, oh, let's see. But then when you threaten to leave, like, all right, I'm out. Have a good stream. Not even threatening to leave. Like, I'm threatening to leave. Right. Like, well, I'm never coming back. I mean, just like, all right, have a good one. Then it's Jack, I love you. Oh, now you notice me. Right. Because I'm saying I'm not because I say uh, I'm saying I'm leaving. Now you'd notice me. But yet we go into another chat. We go into somebody else's live. Oh my gosh. Jack, I love you. Oh my God. I love you so much. You're so great. You're so amazing. Why are you singing my praises here? But don't acknowledge me in your own fucking thing. Mm -hmm. She does the same thing to the dude that we were in, in his live. She ignores the shit out of him in his, in, in her live. Right. But goes in his live and fucking sings his praises and gives him gifts and acts like he's a fucking god. And he said the same thing. I'm a god when she's here. But when I go into her thing, she ignores me. What is that? Um, It's, I guess, selective attention. Like, it's something where I guess they feel they're paying enough attention there that they don't have to do it else, like, in their own thing. And he said the same thing I said. I don't want that. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, like, don't come in here. I don't need your fucking gifts. I don't need, I don't need that thing because... When when it's her thing, when it's her live, she only does that really to people to give her gifts. Okay, then that 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 that's what it is. She's paying attention to the. It's like um, mobile games where they'll pay attention to people that are actually paying for, like the the the, uh, the play, paying to play yeah. and not they don't really care about the people that are just playing the game. Yeah, and because and it's usually like one percent of the audience is the only ones putting the money in. So I think it's shitty. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. I think it's shitty. I think it's a shitty thing. It, it's and, inorganic if nothing else like it's, and so and so what it's pandering is essentially no no shit yeah definitely but that's, that's what i'm saying like i mean i know what it is i'm saying but like why why is there why does that 
why is that a thing with people? You know, I just find it to be phony. Um, disingenuous. Yeah. Um, I don't want that. That's just not what I'm on there for. Because I think that there are people, they call them diamond whores, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, they're just a, they're just a diamond whore. That they only care about the fucking people who give them gifts. Now, that was a great song in the 80s, too. You think it of Diamond Girl? Yeah, I think so. Mm. Ooh, oh, Diamond Whore. Yes. Yes. I always get girls and whores confused. Can't say that. Yes. Can't say that. Yes. She's a Diamond Girl. Diamond Whore. Well, that's like the actual song. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. We're going to get sued. Uh, yeah. So there's that. So what now the other dude that I was talking about when he goes into her thing and he's like, you know, we're supposed to be best friends on here. We've been best friends for like, you know, almost a year, you know, and now you don't pay attention. You only pay attention, blah, 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 blah. And I go, dude, don't do it in here. Take that shit in the DMs because that's what I don't do. Yeah. Uh, now i moderate a message board and the two people two people are like not here right go, if you want to argue absolutely each other in dms go right ahead and-, and that's but that's what i say i go and that's what i'm like i am old me would have been doing the same shit he's doing right and he's older than me he's like 44 45 mm-hmm. and i'm like that's not me anymore you know right i'm just not gonna do it i'm just not gonna fucking do it because all it's going to do, all it's going to do, I, I understand his thing. He's like, he wants to, he wants to bring attention to, look, this is how she really is. This mm-hmm. is, this is who the fuck. Do you think the other people give a shit? Do you think they're going to, that they're going to go, all right, no, they're in there because she's fucking gorgeous. Right. And they have fun going in there too. They don't give a shit about his fucking feelings. Right. And they're going to continue to support her. Yeah, and then whether and, she's wrong or not, she could go and stab a baby tomorrow, and they're going. A baby fucking deserved it because she's hot. Yeah, you know. Well, thanks for tying it back because we are going to talk about uh, baby death. In this yeah, that's right. I, I tried. I tried my fucking hardest yeah. to hurry up and get to a baby killing. So, well, we have something else first. Do you know what it is? This week murder. Ooh, oh, this week murder. Yes, I yes. like that. What's our first story? Family of Louisville EMT shot by police hires Ahmad Avery lawyer. Oh. Arbery. 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 Sorry. I a- had misspelled the headline here when I did the show notes. Avery. Arbery. Arbery. Yeah. Mm. So uh, we, we didn't. This is another one we probably should have covered when it happened two months ago, but we didn't. I think this that's when we were uh, doing a lot of like COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but around 1 a.m. on March 13th, Louisville police served the search warrant on the home of EMT Brianna Taylor, 26, and her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker. Three plainclothes police officers entered without knocking or identifying themselves as police. The warrant was served as part of a narcotics investigation, and no drugs were found. Neither Brianna or, nor Kenneth have any criminal history. So that's just kind of setting the, setting the table here. Uh, they're a couple. They're in bed. They're in their house. And three plainclo- plainclothes cops, not you know showing a badge, not in uniform, anything like that, come into the house without knocking or identifying themselves as cops. So if three people come into your home, what are you going to think? Well, you're getting robbed. It's a break-in. Thinking they were being robbed, Kenneth Walker called 911, armed himself, and fired. And he hit one of the officers in the leg. Yeah, as he should have. And according to the lawsuit that was filed, police then started, quote, blindly firing, and over 20 shots were fired, 
Eight of them hit Brianna Taylor, Brianna Taylor, who died of her injuries. Well, each one of those police should uh, be executed. They should. I don't believe in the death oh. penalty. I huh. think they should be charged with murder. No, they should. Uh, I think. Or manslaughter. Because I think all of the death penalty fight. people should want these police to be put to death. You would think if there was consistency. There's never consistency. That's what. That's my point. Uh, that's but, my point. And police are telling a different story. I'm right and you're wrong, people. Police said that they did announce their presence, despite the fact that they had a quote-unquote no-knock warrant, which I don't believe in. Uh, I don't think we should have those. Um, and they said they did knock several times, even though they had a no-knock warrant. Why would you even ask for a no-knock warrant if you're going to knock? Yeah. Uh, unless you're covering I your think, ass I right now. I think that they're trying to cover their ass. No shit. Yeah. Uh, they also claim they were, quote, immediately met by gunfire. Yeah, I think it's one of those, all right, well, we had a no-knock, but we knocked anyway. Right. No, I think that, uh, I think they're just pieces of shit. So, so like, the, these first, Second Amendment people, I'm like, if, 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 just for these Second Amendment people, I would want to ask, if somebody breaks into your house, you know, they could be a police officer serving a no-knock warrant. Before you shoot them, will you go, are you a police officer? Right. Um, now, some of those 2A people yeah. uh some of them are anti-police too yeah, oh yeah the uh the very mu- the very libertarian libertarian yeah. ones yeah they're, well, they're they're especially anti-federal police yeah they're very anti-feds yeah come and take it away come and take my gun here i hate you i don't like you here i'll murder my dude we don't like you he doesn't like you as much as i don't like you and guess why he's not gonna say it, so i'll say it for him what do you call them? Amosexuals? Amosexuals, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and the center of the investigation was a man named Jamarcus Glover. And, and they're not going to do anything to me. What are they going to do to me? You know? Right. It usually, it's usually like, and a lot of them are big hosses too. They'll be like 6'3", 250, 280, you know? Mm-hmm. But but a, the reason why they're amosexuals is because they, they don't know how to do anything with their size. And they don't have... It's it's so they can talk shit to people, and not be able to back it up. You know what I mean? Right. And as I said, like some of them are even big. It's like you're a big boy. You don't need to hide behind your gun. But it's so they can talk shit. So they can have road rage. And then when you get out of the car, yeah, they go, they're... "I got my gun." Yeah, I got my gun. That's what they say. And they all say that, just like that too. And it's like I always think of an old Chris Rock. Rock Chris, I Chris, can't speak. Who's to Chris Rock? Chris Rock joke. I don't know him. The, the Rock and the joke got jumbled together there. Gotcha. It's like the old Chris Rock joke where he would talk about how he has a gun because that way he doesn't have to work out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the uh, anyway, the center of the investigation was a man named Jamarcus Glover, yeah. who was an ex-boyfriend and an acquaintance of Taylor. Yeah. Uh, police had suspected him of, quote, receiving mail, keeping drugs, or stashing money at the apartment. So? And that's why they were raiding it, just in case he okay. had, had something there. Yeah. Um, but now, as we said in the headline, noted civil rights attorney Ben Crump, who is also representing the family of Amada Arbery. Now, I remember uh, Eddie Murphy played him. That was Sherman Clump. Mm. Always confuse those two. Uh, he has been hired by Taylor's family. And Crump declared in a news conference that the police must... He's ag- Crump. He's Crump. He's Crump. He must be Ben. He is Ben. But he did say the police mustn't kill our black women and escape any accountability. I like his use of mustn't. We don't hear it anymore. Lawyers have a way with language. Yeah. So, so lawyers... Will That's how you know they're that. a lawyer. Yeah. 
Especially uh, a lawyer in the South, because I think this guy's a Southern lawyer. Either either that or it, or he's a time traveler from the 1600s. I mustn't use that. That's how they, they all speak, too. Yeah, they all. Nay. Nay, I mustn't buy the spicy mayonnaise. Mm, spicy that's mayonnaise. What they, yeah, that's what they do when they, they go food shopping. I must buy the spicy mayonnaise. I mustn't, and he must. So anyway, next story. Arresting 32-year-old death case in Australia uh, three years after case was declared a murder. We should have saved this one for next month, because next month for June, like, we already know what we're doing next week, but for June, like, I know last year we did the Pride episode. Mm-hmm. I want to do a Pride month. I want to do all, like, LGBT-themed crimes. Wow, we're coming up uh, this fall. It'll be two years. Yeah, yeah, this October. Holy crap! We've I've never done a podcast for this long. Not even close. No, I usually uh, this is episode sixty five. I want to say I usually quit. Yeah, I usually go. I'm done. Eh, we're done. But yeah, the, so like this is um, yeah. I guess that would be. I guess the beginning of next year or sometime next year would be it. Episode one hundred because we did have some time off here and there. But anyway. That's neither here nor there. It's there. Oh. Scott Johnson, a gay 27-year-old American mathematician. Why's he got to be gay? He was gay. That's why. Yeah. He doesn't have to be, but he was. Right. Yeah. And that's it, why people say, like, if you're reading, it's like like a 28-year-old black male. Well, why's he got to be black? I don't know, because he's fucking black. Yeah. This why are you gay? white? Why is you? Yeah. Uh, this is a gay 27-year-old American mathematician. He was found dead wearing no clothing at the bottom of a beach cliff in 1988, just outside of Sydney, Australia. At the time, the death was ruled a suicide. Johnson had moved to Sydney two years prior to live with his partner. Scott's brother, Steve Johnson, had always fought the ruling, insisting that his brother would never kill himself. I think it's a good uh, tell that we, we know somebody's gay when they refer to them as their partner. Yeah. Like, if you say, if you don't want to tell somebody you're gay, and then you're like, well, my partner is like, oh, gay. So right. just, say you're, just say boyfriend or girlfriend. Right. I don't like the term boy. I hate that, by the way. When you're an adult, when you're a big boy or big girl, and you start to say things like, I don't use this to... Shut up. Shut up. Just say boyfriend or girlfriend. Part, I mean, partner's fine. It's just, it's been used so much. But... I remember it used to be life mate. Was it a <laughs> life mate for a while? That definitely it just sounds too clinical. Yeah. I like partner better. My life mate. And also my death mate. It's not like that was starting to like morph into a Trump almost. It also my death mate. <laughs> so that hydroxychloroquine you're taking. I don't know what that is. It's a drug that Trump thinks can saw, uh, cure the coronavirus. My mom used to take it. Oh, okay. My mom used to be on it because, because, it's, it's, because it's used he's... to treat lupus, and it sucks because he's been pushing his drug so hard, yeah. and him and a bunch of like all, all of his fucking maggot supporters yeah. have been like just demanding their doctor prescribe them hydro- hydroxychloroquine. It's called uh, Placaril or something like that. Is I forget, I forget the... Uh, the ex- the act the, the name brand. Why, why they think it's it, they think it can help stop the coronavirus? Okay, do doctors think this? They're doing tests. They have been very inconclusive. Some have shown it might, and then some are like, "Fuck no, it actually kills people." Um, but he's like, because he did, it's, it just made the news because Plaquenil—that's what it's called. That's the brand okay. name. People but, need to not listen to that man. 
Well, they do. For any, like anything. Most people don't. Some people do. We know. Even if he says, change. hey, don't walk out in front of traffic. Yeah. I would. I If he said, to, if he said, don't walk out in tra- front of traffic, I would start to think maybe there's benefits to it. Yeah. The benefit would be never to listen to that guy again. Maybe it'll improve your uh, agility. Yeah. You can dodge cars. Yeah. You, you're putting yourself. No matter what he says. Always do the opposite because it's better for you. But and this is totally unrelated to the Scott Johnson story. But don't walk in front of traffic. <laughs> don't do that. No, don't. it's bad. Yeah. Uh, but no, he's uh, also bad. But yeah, yeah, he's very bad. Uh, but the it, what sucks is it, it, you. At first, it was an anti-malaria drug. People take it to prevent getting malaria. Right. And now it's mainly used. I need an anti-Melania drug. Okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> good. Um. The now it's being used mainly to treat people who have arthritis and lupus. That that's what the drug with a lid off for. or yeah. lid on. Either or. Okay. Any any kind of lupus with a lid on. And, and my mom took Plaquenil. She had arthritis and lupus, so yeah. she took it for lupus. And now because so many Trump supporters are hoarding this drug. Like people who actually need it that have lupus, which it actually helps. <laughs> of course they are, are having the ration their drugs. Of out. course they are. Of course they there's are. There's not enough to go around. It's just like the the fucking Trump supporters that went and bought out a fucking Dollar General or whatever it was of hand sanitizer. No, it was toilet paper. Oh, was it? Yeah, they had they had a truck filled with toilet paper mm-hmm. that they bought, and people were like, "You're a piece of fucking shit." And they're like, "Well, they sold it to us. They let us." Yeah, and they not, were, not they're, a lot of places won't do that. Yeah. By the way, I was in the store yesterday. Yeah. I don't know if I just like came after to deliver something. The toilet paper aisle was stacked. Oh, dude, over at Aldi. I was there the other day. Yeah. I mean, like pallets and pallets yeah, it's, filled with toilet paper. That crisis is gone. Yeah, it's done. It's over. But either yeah, the only thing I have trouble finding because now is like here, here's, all wipes and hand sanitizer. Here, here's why it's over. Because people got bored of the coronavirus yeah. that they're not even paying attention to it no, anymore. No, it's pretending it's business as usual, yeah. Yeah. They're like, I'm done. I'm over it. Eh, it was fun. Yeah, people are still dying and sick. Just because you're young and not, and you're able to fight things off, doesn't mean that all, you know other people. Because I heard it the other day. I'm not worried about coronavirus. We shouldn't be focused on that. We should be worried about suicide or both. Yeah, you can worry about both. Yeah, both. Mental illness is more important than the coronavirus. Yeah, but they're both very important. They're both very important. Anyway. Anyway, back to the... Uh, so, so uh, yes, the Johnson family, like we said, uh, his brother was especially pushing for, for this to be investigated. Now, now, to recap, we're talking about this arrest in Australia. Yeah, and it was... Uh, what Scott happened Johnson. was in 1988, this gay man that came from the United States to Australia, uh, he, f- he basically fell off a cliff near a beach, and his death was ruled a suicide, but his family pushed to have a count. And they had the money to push it, too, because apparently Scott Johnson and his brother... Uh, they were involved in tech a little bit, like like we said. There Scott were two Johnson. of them, so it was Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, but they weren't involved in like shampoo or anything like that. Oh, they actually came up with the computer algorithm that made it possible to send images over the internet. Oh shit! Okay. So these people have money. These wow. people have some money, um, and they lobbied. The Johnson family lobbied for new autopsies over the past d- decade, but the first two were inconclusive. The third, which was done by state coroner, coroner Michael Barnes concluded that scott quote fell from the clifftop as a result of actual or threatened violence by unidentified persons who attacked him because they perceived him to be homosexual at the time uh, barnes also brought up reports that there were gangs assaulting gay people in the area around where johnson died so the arrest was made of scott white yeah. 49 he was arrested he's currently being held without bail and information from an informant is said to have been what led to the arrest 
White, then 18, is said to have gone to an area with Johnson for casual sex. Johnson removed his own clothes. He took his clothes off. He got naked. That's I used to shop naked. there, by the way. Where? For like, you know, for big and tall stuff. That's casual male. That's what he liked. Yeah. Uh, he removed his clothes, neatly folded them on the rocks by the cliffside, but it's believed that White panicked and punched Johnson, causing him to fall off a cliff. It's funny with the algorithm thing that everything that about today, mm-hmm. how how we're able to podcast and like video and pick images, yeah. everything. It's if we were to show somebody this two hundred years ago, yeah, three hundred years ago. It would be black magic, witchcraft, whatever. Yeah. Oh, we would fucking be... They would try to kill us. Yeah. For this shit. If you try to show somebody a modern cell phone in the 70s, like in the 1970s, like, uh, what the hell is that? Well, I think they would understand it because of the Jetsons was out, yeah, you know, stuff like it's that. It's like, okay, this is a TV. It's futuristic and It's meant- a TV and a computer you can put in your hand. Right. Well, I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, And a, a phone. A lot of the futuristic stuff came out. Mm-hmm. A lot of it happened already. Like, it's funny, uh, in Back to the Future, there are these video goggles or video glasses that um, Michael J. Fox, when he's playing the girl version right. of his kid, mm-hmm. um, she has those things. They're out. Those glasses are out today. Right. Like the ones that have the LED that goes across. Mm-hmm. Like, you could buy those, they're, you know, and they're cheap, too. You could buy those for like 30 bucks. Right. It, there's a lot of things. There VR are headsets are kind of the same thing, but there's bulkier. Right. There are a lot of things that are out today that it's like, oh, look at all this futuristic stuff that they talked about and it passes out today. Right. I could understand why somebody thinks that yeah, it's. Meanwhile, everybody's fixated on the fucking flying cars. Well, forget about the flying cars because we know okay, they. the only reason it didn't happen is because. Safety. It was safety yeah. concerns. Right. Like, yes. They, can, can we get a car to fly? Yeah, probably. But they'll crash into other cars, and what if you're fucking drunk driving in the sky, mm-hmm. you know? You're like fall and land on people. Right, yeah, right. That's the, the issue. Yeah. We already have issues with people on the ground getting accidents and getting ejected and all this shit. Imagine that happening in the, in the fucking air. No, it's not going to happen. We're never going to have that. We're never going... Like, we have airplanes, but that's why we don't have a million airplanes all over the, the place. Right. That's why you have to have these big towers and all these people getting together. Air traffic control. Air yeah. traffic control, right. There's no air traffic control for cars, yeah. Because we can't, we can't have that. There's too many cars, you know. Um, it's just, yeah, right, exactly. Because it's it would be too polluted, so it's never gonna fucking happen. But, um, I just find it crazy that there there are gonna be people that are gonna. Th- well, look at all the technology we have. Just think about a hundred years ago and think about today. Must be aliens, and then no, yes, no, must, must be but, electricity. Well, no shit. Yeah, <laughs> but. Well, the aliens are the ones that, you know. No. Yes. To no, them, it, yes. It was you, Tesla. But to them, yes. That's what Tesla I'm saying. Tesla was an alien. Tesla got help from aliens. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's just that we're, we're so smart that we've become dumb. Yeah. No, I, I agree. We, we are animals that evolved that became, that, and we evolved so rapidly, so fucking fast that we are like, we're like, well, we must not be. Right. This, you know, related to that animal, because that animal is really dumb that we think that it's like, well, we're so we're so smart that we must have been created by a god Mm -hmm. or an alien or something, because we just can't imagine because we see other dumb humans. Dumb humans are smarter than smart animals. Yeah. Like the dumbest guy, you know, Mm -hmm. is smarter than the smartest animal, you know. Yes. Maybe not dolphin, maybe, because what 
well, no, because what we do is we look at it in terms of like, that's a really smart dolphin. Right. Is it? If that dolphin was smart, he wouldn't get fucking caught. He would be building. Well, you can't build it because he doesn't have. Oh, that's right. Because we have. I, there a, are some things though, like, and obviously it's not raw intelligence, but like there's certain things like I, I remember saying this thing was like an experiment they would do with this ape. I think it was like pattern recognition or something like that. They are so good at it. Which like, ones? I think it's like a chimp. It was not a chimp. It was like a. Oh yeah, yeah. I watched a video of yeah. on, on it was, that. It was like them touching a computer screen. Yeah. You could do it. You, so pro- much you probably watched the same exact thing I watched. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Right, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't mean they're smarter. That, they're, all, that yeah. they have that there's critical thinking and right. You know everything. Like we are so fucking smart. We are aliens. It's so funny though. Like, we are. Hold on. We are aliens to them. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, like, okay, let, let's take, so on this our- This is why I don't want the aliens to come here, because they're going to see us as apes and put us in fucking zoos. No, we don't know that. We don't know that. Because we're we're taking that as one specific type of- There's probably billions and billions and billions and billions, and you know how, like, if you, if you, um, keep going, if you keep, like, if you do, like, two billion times two billion, mm-hmm. and you get an answer, and then you keep Four going- billion. Huh? Four billion. I'm saying, but you keep doing like 400. No, that would be two billion times two. It's way more. Four hundred billion times four hundred billion times four hundred yeah. billion times four. You keep going. You'll get an E somewhere in there on the calculator. Yeah, because they run out of numbers. Right, and space. so it's like some infinity thing. Uh well, no, that is just um. No, it's it's some some it's an exponent. It's, it's some, whatever. Power. It's a number you can't because uh, there's no real number for right. Well, that, there is. We don't have a name for. You don't have a name. That's what I'm saying. Because yeah. it's. There's a whole thing for well, it. on the calculators because they ran out of space on the they ran, you used up all the spaces. Well, no, I was, I was reading this. I was reading this whole thing. There's a, there's a name for it, and it's because the number because numbers can be infinite. Yes. So it never ends. And that's how I I think that it's probably like that with stars and alien like life form possibilities out there. I, mean, I I know a lot of scientists believe the universe is finite, but I don't know how that would work. Okay, sure, maybe. Um, but they don't know either. It's guess. Everything's yeah, a fucking... Everything's well, more than a guess. I think a lot of them have, like, theories instead of hypotheses. hypotheses. But it's still a fucking guess. It's, they... more, it's a more educated guess. Based on... Based on what they know and... and Yeah, but what they what they know is they can only see so far, so past that, you don't know. Right? Yeah. We don't know... We, we don't know everything, obviously. No, we don't... Not even close. Um, And we never will. But right, true. Uh, our brains wouldn't be able to fucking comprehend no, it. No, absolutely not. Because we'll never be able to understand our brain. Because if our brain was simple enough to be understood, then the brain would be too simple to understand. You know that whole thing, like like this show. What was it? ER or something? It was like that. Like no, which show was it? Where it was like the whole show existed in a Saint Elsewhere. Saint Elsewhere. Spoilers. Okay, it was in an autistic kid's head. Yeah. Right. So, but imagine, imagine that. Imagine if our universe was on like the head of a pin mm-hmm. that was in the hand of somebody that w- was in, in, in a universe. Yeah, that the was Men on, in Black ending, where it's a marble. I've and... never seen that. Okay. I've never, I literally have never seen Men in Black, but sure. But but imagine, imagine if our universe is in the, on the, the head of a pin. Right. Like a, a sewing needle. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's being held by somebody that's in a universe that's in a head of a pit and it just keeps going and going and going and going and going and going and just doesn't stop right multiverses yeah but if we had you know like we don't know if there's ever been a beginning a creator my thing was always who created the creator right you know one of those deals Mm -hmm. we'll never know we'll never know but i always i always find it funny going back to to the uh images because that's all we got on this 
I always find it funny how, like, people can't just accept how smart we are. Or, or, or how crazy, like, innovation is where, the, like, yeah, you could send images over a phone. A hundred years ago, their heads would explode. Mm-hmm. You know? But it's either... Which makes you wonder what's going to be like 100 years from now or 200 years from now. Do you think, though, that we could just get to a point where we just reach our potential? I think everybody thinks that and then we do something new. Then we do something new. Because like, it's like, yeah. ah, the wheel, that's it. We can't do anything beyond that. That, that, that that's, that's, that's the peak. Fucking the abacus. Well, yeah. Nobody's ever going to invent something better than the abacus. Well, I, th- I mean, you're, you're, you're right, but like... But I mean, like but now, but because inventions, like things like that, tend to build on each other. Like, what is what is the reason we have all these things? The where did it all start? Really, writing, because then we could pass knowledge on through generations. But we've also looked at things like we've come up with the concept of a flying car, and we know can't do it because of safety concerns. It's impractical. We could do it. It's just right. We could do it exactly. So, like, but I think it's it's ideas. Thing have things have to come from ideas. We have to have we have to have creative people. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so we get we have all these uh, people throwing shit at the wall, see what sticks, and I think that we're getting to the point to where we're we're coming up with where I think we're exhausting our options as far as creative things. Like, all right, we're gonna come up with this like like holograms and this that and the other thing, and mm-hmm. like, and then I think that there's some people that are like, no, we don't want that. We don't want computers taken because it's happening. When a computer takes your job, daddy. Yeah. Like, we don't want that. We don't, we literally. Like, they were talking, like, Bernie Sanders was talking about this thing, like, where truck drivers aren't going to be done. No, I don't want that. Self-driving cars? No, nah, I don't want self-driving cars. I don't want that. I don't want that. We should be against that. And you're for that shit. I'm for you're that. Ta- and that is why if I would have been able you to shouldn't vote be for, for any candidate in the Democratic election, I would have voted for Andrew Yang. Why are you for self-driving cars? I think it's just progress. Like that's not progress. People are like cars. We we can't do that. Blacksmiths will be out of jobs. Like you you evolve. You you move forward. Why? For what? Based off what? You don't even drive. So is that why? It'd be easier for me. Yeah, I'd be able to get around better if I had a self-driving car. There's so many issues with self-driving cars. Yeah, no, I watched that. I watched the I watched upload. The upload. Yeah, I, I saw it. Yeah. There's so it. many other than there's just so many issues with self-driving cars. It's a it's, it's a dumb idea, uh, and yeah, you are taking jobs away from people. Like I I do not want our society to move in a futuristic uh, direction. I think I think we, I think we're we're where we should be, and then it should stop. It should just. It but should people t- said that when they invented should, the fucking cotton gin. People were like, oh, well, we're taking. Nobody said jobs. no. They didn't. No, they didn't. Uh uh-uh, uh Nobody said that. You find me where they said that. I'm going to say they didn't. You, you're the one that said that they did. I need you to find me where people have... have I, I might just pick the cotton gin out as an, uh, as an I example. Need, I need to find out Like, where. literally, like, there's people who have been against technology. That's where Luddite comes from. Like, okay. Luddites were against technology. I think that I... It depends on what the technology is. It depends on what it is. For people that are just against technology in general... I'm not against technology. I'm saying what we have is good now. We don't need to go further than that. We don't need to go right, because f- you've hit the level of your comfort, and that's w- there's those people because like, the well, comfort. It- I think we could do better. I think we can improve. Improve on what? Improve on anything? No, you don't need to improve anymore. We we're here. We're we're where we need to be. We have Wi-Fi. 
We have you can control your fucking uh, air conditioner through your phone. Well, I can't now because apparently they want five bucks a month for me to do it. Yeah, that's crazy. Fuck that. I'll get up and turn the air conditioner. Yeah. Uh, but what about your comfort? Yeah, I could use the exercise. Let's be honest. It's it's one of these deals, man. Where um, I don't know. Uh, I just. I, I'm scared of that robot fucking thing taking over. Like the robots take over the world. I don't want that. Like the Matrix or I don't want that. or something. I don't want that. You you're I think you're nuts. I hate the way you think when it comes to technology. You want to live in some like futuristic Japanese society. I don't want that. I wouldn't I, mind that. Why? Why would you want that over like that like America like nineteen fifties style America? Why would you want that? Well, in the 1950s, didn't, air conditioning wasn't plentiful. They had it. They didn't have the internet. You didn't need it. Uh, but I like it. But you didn't I need like it. the internet. Well, you don't need it now. Yes, sure. yes you do. Well, you do for, like, certain things. You, do, you but... need it for a lot of things because, uh, you know, uh, like schoolwork, the kids doing schoolwork, they need they need. Well, yeah, but that's that. also because... That's the, the direction that it moved in. quarantine right now. Because that's what the direction that it moved in. That's what, that's what it's doing. You can't really go out... You're, a lot of stores, video stores and stuff. We got video stores later on. I know, but back then you didn't have it. Right. But I, I, I get certain technology, but what I'm saying is right now we're there. It's good. We're, where we need, we have, we have fucking 4k ultra. I, we don't have that, but we're working know. on AK now. Okay. We don't need anything crazier than that. You don't want 16 K. Nah, I really don't. I like the way it looks. I like the way things look today. It's, pretty fucking clear i think i i think we got like like i'm not even i i'm not even a big like i don't want that 4k ultra stuff or whatever it is or Mm -hmm. 8k ultra i don't want that how about mk ultra i mean sorry it depends on what you're using it for uh if you're using it like to shoot up like movie theaters in in colorado no um do you see this and apparently there's a whole podcast about it that they think this song from the Scorpions in like was done in like 1990, not like Rocky like a Hurricane. It was another song they did, like Winds of Change or something like that. Okay. There's this whole idea that it was written by the CIA, and okay. there's like an entire podcast about it. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I think it's from Gimlet. Oh. Yeah. That's really interesting. If Gimlet because I was listening to their Reply All and they were talking about that. Oh, I gotta check that out. Yeah, I that's what it's called. That's now. really really interesting. Nah, I don't know, man. We just, you know, you, you've always liked that futuristic shit. I'm definitely more of a futurist than you are. Oh, uh, hell no. No, I, I don't want that. I, I, I like, you know, like kids wearing a, a floppy fucking baseball cap and a striped shirt and jeans and chucks. And he's throwing the ball around with his dad in the yard. And, you know, let's, oh, little let, Tommy, he's got to go down and get milk from the, st- you know, or- let's go back a ways then. let's go back to like the, well, even before then, let's go back to like the 1930s. And, yeah, it was a good and, time. And I mean, before, everybody was before happy. Before space flight, when real flight was a thing. Yeah, the Hindenburg. Lindbergh. And that's what we're going to talk about right after this. Hey, this is Jackson Wells. You know me for murder, my dude, but you may not know that I have a new nostalgia podcast. Talking Back is my new podcast where I'll talk about everything from bikes to trains to, well, you get it. We're going to be talking classic toys, cartoons, wrestling, games, and more. And it's not just me. I'll have a new guest on each week to reminisce about their childhood favorites. Make sure to visit ProjectHumanoid.com to figure out more about guests, the premiere date, and other information. 
and follow Talking Back Pod on Instagram as well. That's T A L K I N B A C K P O D on Instagram. Whammo. So we're in the 20s now. And at this point, no one has ever flown from New York City to Paris or vice versa. And that fact right there is what is going to make Charles Lindbergh probably the most famous man in America here very soon. And with how fragmented fame is right now, how niche everything is, like... We talked about, like, like because I remember you asked me a while back, like, are YouTube star celebrities? This like, was actually a conversation that was had on Meet Me. Everything's Meet Me with you. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Everything's Twitter with you. That's true. I don't go on Twitter. I go on Meet Me. So uh, so when you were talking about the one case that uh, was the, the black guy that just got killed. Ahmaud Arbery. Yeah, Arbery. Um, I don't know about that. Right. Because I'm on... I'm on Meet Me, and you're talking about, oh, there's another thing that, you know, there's this thing now with, like, you know, like, black people are upset with white people or whatever, and I'm like, really? I I deal with black people every single day. I like how I said, I deal with black people. <laughs> I deal with them. I deal with I them. I tolerate them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, like, I see them every single day, and it's never been brought up once. Okay. Depends yeah. on what your bubble is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We're, we're, and we're, that's kind of what I'm driving at, where everything is fragmented, everything is in a bubble now. Yeah. And that goes with celebrity. Like, there are people... I think like- it's always been that way. Because I think that even when... I think even in the... You're, we're just talking about futurist, uh, f- futuristic shit, right? Right. And technology and all that stuff. Look at the innovations that even back in the 1920s, 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay? We take 1920 America. Let's put that against any fucking tribe in, like some jungle in africa right okay those people in africa are going to look at the people in 1920 america like where the what fucking world are you from right yeah you know yeah it's a completely different and then you take those people from 1920 america and take it 100 years into the future they're going to think we're aliens right yeah so yeah, like, um, but I'm talking more about fame. And- yeah, 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 yeah. Well, oh, so so that was the meet me thing. So the the idea was, they were saying like this dude just kept going on about how like YouTube stars aren't famous, right? And I was like, well, I disagree 100 percent. Because because he was like, can YouTube people be famous? Yeah, of course they can. Of course they can. Because what it, what it came down to is, it's he's this guy that's approaching 40, right? And it doesn't, like, he thinks fame means movie star. Right. As a YouTube star or movie star? No, they're a fucking YouTube star. But guess what? Um, Paul Giamatti. Right. I know him. Yep. You know him. Mm-hmm. Let's just say Paul Giamatti is worth $10 million. Uh-huh. But there's a YouTube star mm-hmm. that... Every fucking kid that's 13 years old would know. And right. his YouTube star is worth $12 million. Uh-huh. I guarantee fucking to you that YouTube star has more fans than Paul Giamatti. Right. Has more money than Paul Giamatti. Well, we already established that. Right. I, I'm, I'm just saying. So he's got more fans. If Paul Giamatti's only made $10 million, he needs a better agent, though. I'll just put it. He doesn't need it, though. His dad was well off. What's that have to do with him? I was making 
Joe. Well, no, but that what's that have to do with him? Nothing. That's a real. That's people really think that way. Well, his dad must. What if he, his dad was a piece of shit and didn't give Paul Giamatti anything? That is true. Yeah. So anyway, so we're we're going with hi- hypothetical. Paul Giamatti only has fine. Paul Giamatti has twenty five million dollars. Okay, because it get, got wrapped up in other things. Yeah. Fucking you know whatever. Uh, he got cheated out of some points on sideways. It happens. Sure. Whatever. What, what, whatever happened. Uh, fine. Twenty five million. Sure. This YouTube kid has twenty eight million. Yeah. All right. He just got even more. Good for him. Who's more famous? Oh, the YouTube guy. No shit. <laughs> Especially because of that notoriety. Like you said, like, yeah, all, everybody knows him. Well, uh, I don't know him, and I'll never know that. I always kid. associate fame more with notoriety than money. Dude, if PewDiePie walked by me tomorrow, I I would never know that that's PewDiePie because I have no idea what he looks like. Right. There, most YouTube people, I don't... I know what he looks like. I've never seen anything he did except for when he was on South Park. I don't know what he looks like. Maybe if you showed me him, I would go, oh, that's him. Okay, yeah, yeah. Or like, I, I know Shoot. ninjas because I know he's a guy with blue hair. Yeah, I don't know. Lots of people have blue hair. I literally see people with blue hair every fucking day on Meet Me. Mm-hmm. Blue hair doesn't mean anything to me. If you only saw one person with blue hair... Or you only see, you know, like, because you said that before. You were like, oh, because he has blue hair. I'm like, so what? The blue meanie has blue hair. Yeah. Like, I, th- I think I know the difference. Because you only know two people with blue hair. And, and then just much younger. I would have So? There are lots of people in their 20s that have blue hair that go and meet me. So if I threw them all... You know, I was, might I might struggle picking Ninja out of a lineup. You might, one. or you might not, because you've seen him before. I I don't know Ninja. I think face. the only time I saw him was on the Masked Singer. Okay, yeah. so my but m- the thing is, is that like to sit there and argue and say it's it's because it's not matching up with what you want y- your definition of fame to be, not what fame actually is. You know, but I think there's a higher. A higher my my point with like how fragmented it is now. And I think this is what you're saying. Is there's a higher segment of people now who could be considered famous because Ninja, Paul Giamatti, PewDiePie. They're, I think they're all famous. B- but this is my point mm-hmm. to this dude, this idiot, right. fucking idiot, saying that YouTube people can't be famous and that they're not famous. And somebody else brought up the same point. They're like, dude, it's because. Do you think any of my kids? Would fucking know who Paul Giamatti is? No, no, no. Picture me like David. But I know who he is, and you know who he is. I guarantee you, the dude that was talking about fame doesn't even know who Paul Giamatti is. I guarantee fucking to you, he doesn't know who Paul Giamatti is. But I know who he is, and you know who he is. Mm -hmm. But he's saying that like these people are. I I bet you, he would know who PewDiePie is before he would know who Paul Giamatti is. Proving my fucking point. Yeah, because that's his bubble. Yeah. Proving my point, saying that they're not famous, but yet you know who they are. Right. But, but you don't, but you don't know who Paul Giamatti is. Yeah. Right. It's 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 funny how because he doesn't want he doesn't want a YouTube to be like he doesn't want a YouTuber to be considered famous. Right. But they are because he's like, oh, I think famous anybody around the world that could pay, you know you'd be able to to know that's not no. And then very few people are famous if that's your metric. Right. Exactly. Very few people. Yeah. Maybe like The Rock. Maybe Hulk Hogan Hulk in the Hogan. fucking eighties. Everybody knew who yeah. Hulk Hogan was. Everybody. Well, I, I, celebrities are bigger then. Like I remember, like William Goldman, who was a very famous writer, in like like ten, yeah. fifteen years ago, he's like, "There's only one movie star left, and it's Will Smith." Right. Well, I mean, it's not true, but yeah. Yeah, but that's what he said. Mm-hmm. And because uh, he's like, "That's the one guy. Everybody knows who he is. 
People will go to a movie just, and then uh, this is at the very end of Will Smith being this guy because he's had a lot of bombs since then. He's like, everybody will go to a movie because he's in it. Like, who's the biggest movie star right now? It might be The Rock. Like, it literally might be The Rock. Right, yeah. Um, And most people know who he is. But if you go back to the... Will Smith's coming back up, though, because uh, Joyner Lucas just did that song, Will. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole, I did, like, the whole video is he he's rapping about how, like, he wanted, like, he idolizes Will Smith. Right. And he, during the whole video, it's like him, uh... It's like him dressed up as like Fresh Prince mm-hmm. from like the um the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, like in the beginning where he's wearing like the yellow and the the green right and stuff. Uh, it does that like fucking Wild Wild West. I I Robot. Mm-hmm. I am Legend. Like it's it's he dresses up like in all the different Will Smith movies throughout the video. It's really fucking cool. And then um Will Smith was like so touched by it. That like he did a video call with Joyner Lucas and Will Will Smith's son Jaden, mm-hmm. like they were all talking on video, and then Will did a remix. Oh wow! And this is all within the past few weeks, and it's like in hip hop, it's like blowing up. Like the Joyner Lucas did Will, and now Will did the Will remix. Oh wow! Like where he's he start rapping on it, and yeah, it's like and people are like going crazy over it. They love it, but yeah, go ahead. But yeah, the point I'm making is uh, back in the 1920s and 30s and 40s, mm-hmm. when the TV is just starting, like very few people had a TV. Well, in the 30s, I don't even know if it was around really, as far as like TV stations. But oh no, like no, no. when you like in the 30s, they had like your radio stars, they had your movie stars. Yeah, Charles Lindbergh was so famous. Like I think the only person around today, like because this is by far, you know, and you know how we feel about him, the most famous person in the world today by far is Donald Trump. Not even close. You know, the the one thing, too, you said about, uh, like, fame and, and all that stuff, mm-hmm. I always found it funny that Char- uh, Charlie Chaplin lo- lost a Charlie, Charlie Chaplin, Chaplin lookalike like- contest. That's yeah. real. That's not a, that's not one of those wives' tales that go around, or right. wives' tales. It's real. He literally lost a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest. He, I think he entered his joke yeah. and fucking lost it. That's <laughs> yeah. funny. Yeah. But, yeah, like, like Donald Trump, with Charles Lindbergh, if you're trying to get his fame, like, imagine his level of fame. Not power or anything, but just fame. Think Donald Trump, except half the country doesn't hate him. That was Charles Lindbergh. He was a hero, and everybody knew him, and everybody loved him. And that's the kind of person we're dealing with, and it happened almost overnight. Wow. But let's rewind a little bit. uh, Sure. And and, and just kind of get how Charles Lindbergh came to be. And he was born in Detroit. He was raised between Minnesota and Washington, D.C. His father was also named Charles Lindbergh, and he was a United States congressman with an amazing past of his own, an amazing family history. He was born, uh, Charles Lindbergh this, the first, Charles Lindbergh, well, not, yeah, Charles Lindbergh the first, the pilot, the aviator's father. He was born Carl Monson. He was the Ill- illegitimate son of a 19-year-old woman from Stockholm, Sweden, named Lavisa Carlin, and his father was Ola Monson, and Ola Monson was a married father of seven, in 1859, Ola was accused of embezzling from the bank where he worked in Stockholm, and before he could be charged with anything or face any repercussions, Ola changed his name to August Lindbergh, Lavisa changed her name to Louisa Lindbergh, and Ola, who wasn't even a year old yet, was renamed Charles August Lindbergh, and then they came to America. And then that, that kid, this, this, you know, what they call the time, a bastard... Uh, came to America and became a congressman. 
Uh, that that was kind of like the whole American dream thing. I guess it was more of a thing back then. But uh, Charles Lindbergh, the pilot, so we're talking about that, that Charles Lindbergh's son. And he took an interest in aviation from a very young age. After about a year and a half of studying engineering at the University of Wisconsin-Lincoln, Charles left school and he moved on to the univer- uh, to Nebraska. Not the University of Nebraska, it's the state. And that's where he learned how to fly. He was always interested in machines and mechanics, vehicles especially. He would uh, his, pa- his father had a car, even though cars were in their infancy here, and he would work on cars. But flight was what he really loved. Flight was something that he really took to. And he wound up doing flying stunts. He would do parachuting, wing walking. He was one of those people that... Because the airplane was still a very novel thing. It's not like today where, you know, a lot of people at least been on an airplane. And you've definitely seen an airplane. Almost everybody in America, I'm sure, has seen an airplane. Uh, so this is... they would He would barnstorm. He would go from town to town and do his flying stunt show. And he got the nickname Daredevil Lindbergh. And eventually... Uh, Charles Lindbergh joined up with the United States Army Air Service, which was the forerunner of the Air Force, graduated at the top of his class, although there were only a few people that made it. I think it was something like a hundred and over a hundred people were in, uh, in the initial class, and only 18 graduated, and he was number one. He wound up being a reservist and eventually worked as a pilot for the U.S. Postal Service, and that was around the time that he started overseeing the design of his new plane, the Spirit of St. Louis. Have you ever seen the Spirit of St. Louis? Uh, yeah. Uh, only in, like, the museum. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it, too. It's in the Smithsonian. It's in the Air and Space Museum. Yeah, I mean, no, fit, like, literally. like Yeah, we've literally, yeah, yeah. if you've been there, I've you've been probably there. seen this. I used to have this Louis. recurring dream uh, as a kid where I would go to, um, I would go into this building, and it had all these, like, airplanes and stuff hanging, uh-huh. and I would have this dream over and over again, and in 95, we took um, we took a class trip down to DC, mm-hmm. and uh, we watched. We watched. Um, I was telling. Actually, I was just telling the story to uh, my daughter the other day, mm-hmm. and I was like, "And on the trip, we watched Forrest Gump." And she was like, "Oh, she's like, you took the fancy bus, yeah. <laughs> like that's the bus you want to take." Yeah, the one with the TVs. Yeah, the one with the TVs. Yeah, like a, whatever it was. Um, and yeah, so we took those buses. Yeah, and then and I walk into this building. And I see all, and I'm like, oh my God, this is the building for my dreams. Oh, wow. I don't know if I watched something as a kid that, that had it, uh-huh. or I went there as a kid. Yeah, maybe. And just remembered it. But but I remember, yeah, in 95, I saw that. And uh, yeah, so I was there. Smithsonian's a place I want to get back to. I love this. Love it. Dude, DC's got so many cool things. It does. Uh, I'm staying quiet, by the way, so you can get through the story. Yeah, we're running a little long here, so yeah. Uh, Flight was uh, still in its infancy, and many were eager to expand what could be done through the air, and just to kind of test the limits of air travel. As such, hotel owner Raymond Ortig put up a $25,000 reward for the first person who could successfully fly nonstop between New York and Paris by themselves. And that's exactly what Lindbergh did to make himself famous. He... He uh, took off from Long Island on May 20th, 1927, and he landed at what is now Le Bourget Airport in Paris 33 and a half hours later. Lindbergh was greeted in Paris by 150,000 people. Unbelievable. Like, just crazy. Like, that, that's numbers like you get a lot for a lot of presidential inaugurations now or something like that. Yeah! And uh, several parades and rallies followed his return to New York. 
And there were so many different things, but that throughout that first day he was back in New York, they think four million people saw Charles Lindbergh. That's how famous he was and how, how much people wanted to see him. Well, I, I think it's one of those things where... Because it meant something then. It's like, like uh, okay, I, this is how... My, my dad would talk about... Uh, you could use this for so many things. TV, mm-hmm. food menus, whatever. If you go to a restaurant... Right. And there are four things on the menu. Right. And you go to another restaurant and there are a thousand options. Right. You're going to go, I don't know what to get. Right. You know what? Because my dad would always say that. He's like, you know, he's like, there are a thousand fucking channels on his TV and I don't know what to watch. He's like, but when I was growing up, we had three, six and ten. Right. And we always had something to watch. ABC, NBC and CBS. Because because that's that's all you had. Right. And so you didn't get spoiled with other options. Mm -hmm. That's the that's the same thing today. You You wind up succumbing to what is called paralysis by analysis. You didn't. Right. You, You didn't have you didn't have other charles Lindberghs out there mm-hmm. you didn't have a, now everybody's a celebrity this is what I, I get i get going back to the other dudes thing he doesn't want people to be because he doesn't want a kim kardashian to be a celebrity right so many people ask that why is that person a celebrity because they fucking are because they have fans that's why they're celebrities just because you don't like them doesn't mean that they're not making millions and don't have a bunch of eyes on them mm-hmm. they do and just because you don't like them doesn't why is fucking bad what's her name bad baby I guess Catch me outside. How about that? That girl. Oh, is that her? Is that her? Bad. I think she okay. goes by Bad Baby. Why is Bad Bunny, the rapper, uh, Puerto Rican rapper, do whatever he is? Why is he famous? He sucks. He's awful. And yet I know so many people that listen to him because we don't like it. But I, that doesn't mean he's not a fucking musician. Right. Just because you don't. It's the same argument with everything. Like fucking. I don't like rap. So it's not music. Right. Yeah. What? Of course it's music. Of course it's music. They're not using real instruments. Okay. All right. Neither do the monkeys. And, and so. Right. Well, they didn't play them. They used but them. Somebody else used them for them. What the fuck is not a real instrument? You know you know that lo- most of the shit is fucking being taken from samples from other songs. Mostly the Delphonics, apparently. We looked them up last <laughs> Anyway, yeah. It's 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 really fucking silly, but but that's I think that's what it is. I think Charles Lindbergh was yeah yeah he, he, he would have four million people because yeah. because there weren't you didn't have many options. Now yeah. there's so many options out there. That's why it's not special. But yeah, especially in 1927, you had maybe a few movie stars, a few radio stars, and Lindbergh. Yeah, and Lindbergh was a, this just big national hero, and he was awarded Time Magazine's first ever Man of the Year, which later I think like a few years later a woman wanted to became the Person of the Year, and up until. 2019 up until last year the last person of the year they gave out up until that point Lindbergh was the youngest person to ever get it and then last year it was uh greta thunberg or thunberg however you say her name thunberg, yeah so so yeah that was the that was the next time that the person of the year was like that young and yeah, and he was also awarded the medal of honor by president calvin coolidge that december the december of 1927 Lindbergh met Anne morrow who was the daughter she was a writer and the daughter of a uh, Dwight Morrow, uh, she was the daughter of Dwight Morrow, who was a partner in J.P. Morgan, which is still around. And he was also the ambassador to Mexico. And they married about a year and a half later and took up flying as well. There's like video of like her in the plane with Charles Lindbergh and everything like that. And she actually became the first woman in America to be a licensed first class glider pilot. And on June 22nd, 1930... Their first son, Charles Jr., Charlie, Charlie Lindbergh. Chuck, as I call him. Yeah, well, they called him Charlie. If he was from Philly, they would call him Charlie. Charlie. He was, they would call him Charlie, wouldn't they? I guess so, yeah. 
He was born on June twenty second, nineteen thirty. By the way, the reason we're doing this, uh, this is our top, uh, our our feature this week, is like I said, May twentieth, nineteen twenty seven is when Lindbergh took off. May twenty first, nineteen twenty seven is when he landed, and that's the day this is coming out. May twenty first, this will be released, and it'll be almost a hundred years. It'll be ninety three years since Lindbergh uh, flew from New York to Paris and became the most famous man in the world. And so uh, the the reason we're talking about this on a, a show called Murder, My Dude, is because on March 1st, 1932, Charles Lindbergh Jr., Charlie, was kidnapped. That was the uh, 32, is the year my grandfather was born. Oh, okay. Wow, so so the baby would have still, it could have still been alive today. It would have oh, been yeah, in his late yeah. 80s. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. The Lindbergh family at the time, and and um, as a matter of fact, Anne Morrow, her uh, Charles Lindbergh died in seventy four, but Anne Morrow lived to be like well into her nineties. Okay. Uh, the Lindbergh family was splitting time between the Morrow family estate in Inglewood, New Jersey, and Highfields, the estate they had constructed in Hopewell Township near Princeton University, uh, more toward West Jersey. You know, you always think of New Jersey as north and south. You never go east and west, really. Um, the, the Hopewell Township is about 50 miles northeast of Philadelphia. And the 20-month-old was taken through an open window in his nursery, as evidenced by muddy footprints in the room, and a homemade ladder was left at the crime scene with one broken rung on it. Betty Gal, Charlie's nurse, found the child missing at 10 p.m., probably about an hour after he was taken. Mm-hmm. And a ransom note was left on the windowsill, with the kidnappers demanding $50,000, which was... Just under a million dollars in today's money, just to put a uh, time frame on it. No blood or fingerprints were left at the crime scene, so they didn't really have a whole lot to go on, especially by 1927 police work. The story was front-page news across the country. Al Capone, who was in prison at the time, offered his assistance from his prison cell to figure out who kidnapped the Lindbergh baby. Lindbergh's attorney hired private investigators. President Roosevelt was involved. Uh, Jagger Hoover was involved. So all the big hitters were, were kind of getting in on this case. Do you think at that point when he got involved, was he wearing the uh, the dress? No, or? no, he was, no. He was in his probably in his dress blues, if not, if, if anything. His dress blues is it, that what they call them? It, no, that's what they call a uniform. He's probably right, wearing yeah, a suit. He was okay. probably wearing a suit. Just a suit. Yeah. Um, but in the uh, at locally, Colonel H. Norman Schwarzkopf. The oh, fir- not Schwarz- that one. Oh, the first ever superintendent of the New Jersey State Police was running the investigation uh, from the New Jersey side of it, and he is the father. Of, of the Norman Desert Storm yeah. General Norman Schwarzkopf. Yeah, so not him, but his father hmm. uh, was involved in this from the police side. A second ransom note was delivered five days later on March 6th. It was postmarked from Brooklyn, New York on March 4th. And the note up the demand for the ransom is $70,000. A third note came two days later, two days later, outlining a system of communicating to the kidnapper through code in newspaper columns, which they used back and forth. And at that same time, there's this guy who, by all accounts, was a, quite a weird guy, Dr. John Condon. He was a retired high school principal from the Bronx. He posted an offer in the Bronx Home News where he would he was willing to become a go-between for Lindbergh and the kidnappers. And and somehow, someway, both sides said, hey, let's have that random guy that posted that newspaper thing be our go-between. For some reason, they were both okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um... And after nearly two months of back and forth, notes and newspaper columns and things like that, a meeting was arranged. Uh, Condon and a man calling himself John uh, 
Condon was going to deliver the ransom, and John was going to take it and, and return the kid. And a lot of accounts of the Limburg case will call him Cemetery John because the meeting was, or one of the meetings was done in the cemetery. Uh, but instead of handing the child over, John gave Condon the instruction that Charlie could be found on a boat named Nellie that was near Martha's Vineyard. But no such boat was ever found, and most likely never existed. What was eventually found, however, on May 12, 1932, was Charlie's badly decomposed body. The discovery was made by a truck driver named William Allen, who discovered the body in Mount Rose, New Jersey, about four or five miles away from the Lindbergh house. A blow to the head was the cause of death. Uh, basically, half of the skull, one side of the skull, was completely crushed in. And there was also a hole that nobody can really explain. Not funny, I don't know why I laughed there. There's a hole uh, that nobody could really explain on the other side of the head. And it's believed the child was killed the same night he was kidnapped. A popular theory is that the child may have been dropped while they were carrying out carrying him out the window uh, because of that broken rung. That the, the kidnapper stepped down on the broken rung, lost his balance, lost his grip on the child, and, and sadly, uh, Charlie fell to his death. A blow to the head was definitely considered the cause of death, whether that was hitting the ground or an actual blow to the head, we don't know. And it's believed the child was killed that very same night, as we mentioned. It would take two years for a break in this case to emerge. Lindbergh had paid the ransom in a dying currency called gold notes, a holdover to when money was still backed by a gold standard. And the serial numbers were all recorded before the ransom was paid. And the idea was that, like, it's weird when people spend money in gold notes, so we'll, we'll be able to track it pretty easily. And one of the gold notes was reported as being spent at a gas station by a carpenter named Bruno Richard Hauptmann. Hauptmann, who normally went by Richard, was a German immigrant who illegally entered the United States as a stowaway on an ocean liner. Much like Lindbergh's grandfather, Hauptmann came to the United States to avoid criminal charges. He had been arrest arrested previously on the suspicion of burglary. Hauptmann was put under surveillance. He was positively identified as John by Dr. Condon. Uh, Condon's name, address, and phone number were written on a door frame inside a closet in Hauptmann's house. Joseph Peroni, a cab driver who was given a ransom note before Condon was the interme intermediary, also identified Condon as John. Handwriting experts matched his handwriting to writing in the ransom notes. And to top it off, $15,000 of Lindbergh ransom money was found in the shed. Uh, and that was found during a police search on Hotman's house. They also found floorboards missing from his attic. They were matched to the wood that was used to make the ladder at the crime scene. Even the stain and grain on the woods wood was the same. The ladder was also very sophisticated, and as we said, Bruno was a carpenter, and it, would, it was a ladder that would, like, roll in us to, like, a telescoping ladder, pretty much, where it would, like, be able to shrink down about three, like, a third of the size. And all this was found in this house, so it looked like they had a pretty good case here. And on February 13th, 1935, Bruno Richard Hauptman, who had been called the most hated man in America, was found guilty of first-degree murder. He was sentenced to death and executed by electric chair on April 3rd, 1936. The case spawned the Lindbergh Act, which made kidnapping a federal offense. But did they get it right? Was Richard Haltman, and only Richard Haltman, responsible for the kidnapping and murder of Charlie Lindbergh? We'll explore more after this. Have you heard about the snarkremark.shop? Well, if you've listened to this podcast before, then of course you have. But let me tell you again. The Snark Remark is an Etsy shop offering buttons, lapel pins, magnets, vinyl decals, and more. The most popular item is the custom lapel pin with your face on it for $9.99. They even have digital protest signs you could download and print yourself in minutes. 
Well, who was in charge of such a fine establishment, you may ask? Well, that would be my pal Tate. She's been my go-to artist for years. She's reliable, easy to work with, and has a five-star average on Etsy to back it up. Add promo code MMD10 for an additional 10% off. The snarkremark.shop. Give snark, get laughs. Hey, Anthony here from Tornado Tag Podcast. We cover everything from WWE, NXT, AEW, and also cover the local scene with shows like Outbreak, PPW, and much more. Tune in every Friday for news, our take on local shows, and a weekly topic. Search IWEP Network. That's IWEP Network on YouTube or your favorite podcast or music app. We'll see you then. Until then, support local wrestling. So we gave you the straight story before the break. Now let's travel over to what Jackson Wells would call the conspiracy corner. And I say he would call it that because he's on a bathroom break. Uh, so it's just me flying solo right now. And so let's look at the conspiracies in this. Let's start at the top. Charles Lindbergh himself. Because there are definitely people that think that Charles Lindbergh was involved in the kidnapping. Maybe he didn't want to murder his kid, but it, the kidnapping at least. And a lot of that centers on people thinking that there was something wrong with little Charlie. While no one knows for sure, some people believe and have reason to believe that the child was not the perfect healthy boy that all the world, Charles Lindbergh himself more than anyone probably, expected him to be. Charlie slept with a heat lamp on him. He was fed a special diet. He appeared to have several symptoms consistent with rickets. That included a soft spot, uh, the natural soft spot that a baby has, taking longer than normal to close up. He still had a fontanelle at, at, at the age of uh, 20 months. It's impossible to know for sure what anomalies little Charlie did or didn't have, but what we can reason to guess is that his father wouldn't have been thrilled with him having something wrong with him. And the most common theory is, again, it would be something like rickets, and, and maybe even a mild case of rickets, because he could walk and, and things like that. And, and Lindbergh, uh, why would this bother Lindbergh other than putting up airs, putting on airs? Uh, Lindbergh was an unknown believer, a strong believer in eugenics and social Darwinism, wanting only the strongest and most biologically strong to succeed and, and to breed even. Lindbergh spent a lot of time in Germany before World War II. He was long accused of being a Nazi sympathizer, so that whole master race thing kind of appealed to him. Uh, if nothing else, Lindbergh was staunchly against U.S. involvement in World War II if he wasn't an outright Nazi sympathizer. He once said even, quote, Our bond with Europe is one of race and not of political ideology. Lindbergh even had affairs later in his life with three German women. Two of them were sisters in the 1950s and 60s. Two of them were sisters and he had seven children between them. He was a guy who really wanted to spread his seed. He thought very highly of himself, and he wanted to have a lot of babies out there uh, just to keep that gene pool strong. But does that make him a murderer, or at the very least an accessory to kidnapping? No. No, it doesn't, of course. Not on its own. But let's look at some other evidence. Due to ongoing construction at the house, the Lindberghs rarely stayed at the Highfields estate on weekdays. The kidnapping happened on a Tuesday, and the Lindberghs usually spend weekends there at that estate, and they spent the rest of the week, Monday through Friday, at the Morrow Estate in Inglewood. The only people who would have known the Lindberghs were there would have been Charles and Morrow, a few servants, and that's about it. 
Lindbergh was gone until a bit after 8 o'clock that evening, but came in earlier than expected because he had bowed out of appearing at an NYU alumni dinner, which was something that was uncharacteristic for him. No, Lindbergh was notoriously reliable. If he was going to be somewhere, he said he was going to be somewhere, he was going to be there, but not in this case. He came home for some reason that night. Some people think it would, may have been to cause a diversion or to kidnap his own son and and whisk him away. Some people thought that the, the death was accidental, like the, the child was dropped coming out of the window, uh, coming down the ladder, but that the plan was to take the baby and have him raised in an orphanage without the name Lindbergh, uh, just because uh, rich families did put up heirs, and, and sometimes they would send their kids away if the kids were less than perfect. It's sad, it's horrible, but it happened. Lindbergh did, however, call ahead before arriving uh, at the estate, and he apparently instructed Anne when he called ahead, and Anne was pregnant with her second son, John, at the time, and nurse Betty Gal. They were both instructed to leave the child alone until 10 o'clock at the earliest so they wouldn't be coddling him. Perhaps more damning is that Lindbergh almost certainly did more harm than good in the investigation. The only question is whether he did that unwittingly or if he was really just trying to slow it down and gum up the works. For example, thinking that he was dealing with a mafia kidnapping, the mob had kidnapped his son, Lindbergh took that ransom note that they had when the baby was kidnapped, and he circulated around to the mob, and that made the mob send copycat notices trying to get some money. Lindbergh also kept law enforcement at bay. He wanted the show run his way. At one point, he threatened to shoot a police officer. This is how powerful Lindbergh was. He, th- he didn't go to jail for this. He threatened to shoot a police officer if he didn't follow his orders, apparently. That's a- according to legend. I don't know if that was true or not. Uh, and this was never more apparent, and definitely true, than when Dr. Condon met with John, or Cemetery John. Police had planned on following John from the meeting site, but Lindbergh was afraid that if they spotted the police, that they would harm Charlie. And so police listened to him. Normally police would be like, we're going to do it our way, but this time they didn't, and John escaped into the night. And that, that again, is just the kind of power Lindbergh had, that he, if he was going to kind of be a mole and screw up the investigation, he definitely was able to. And uh, one of the champions of this theory, the, the Lindbergh was involved theory, was a man named Lloyd C. Gardner. He's a longtime history professor at Rutgers University. He wrote a book about Lindbergh possibly being the man that, that was one of the masterminds of the kidnapping. And he also believes that Bruno Hauptmann was part of the crime. There's a lot of evidence against Hauptmann. So most people that believe in this do believe that Hauptmann was at least a, an accessory to the crime, if not the mastermind, if not the sole perpetrator. Some think that another person who could have been involved was Violet Sharp, who was a maid at the Morrow family estate in Inglewood. Uh, Violet Sharp, like many who are around the Lindberghs frequently, was questioned by police a lot after the kidnapping. And during one of these questions, she had enough, and she excused herself for a moment, went to her room, and committed suicide by drinking silver polish. And that was obviously incredibly suspicious. And police, at the time, didn't think she was involved, though. Uh, they weren't really having her high on their suspect list. They thought she was mentally disturbed and cracked, and that's why she had killed herself. It eventually emerged that she was dating someone, and she had gone off with that man the night of the kidnap- kidnapping, abandoning her post, and that she may have been afraid of being fired for doing that, or she may have thought that the, the man she went, went off with, and she may have mentioned something about you know where Lindbergh was going to be, that that man may have been involved, and she may have been guilty about that, or felt guilty about that. 
And one last theory, and this is, I think I might have saved the best for last here, comes from author and economist Robert Zorn. He came up with another theory in his book, Cemetery John. Zorn believes that the mastermind of the kidnapping was a German immigrant named John Knoll, and that Knoll was Cemetery John, and he has some evidence. He, he has some things that he points to. One thing was that Knoll had a malformed thumb, and there's photos that he say shows us. His thumbs are definitely very long. The photo's not good enough to say, oh, it's definitely there's a malformation on his left thumb. But Dr. Condon also told police that John had a, a messed up left thumb. And there's other things, too. Uh, Zorn en enlisted a handwriting analyst from the University of Buffalo, Dr. Sargor Sahari. And that doctor, Dr. Sahari, he did a computer analysis of the handwriting, the same handwriting that they used to convict Haltman. And this electronic handwriting analysis determined there would be a 95% chance that Noel wrote the ransom notes and not Bruno Haltman. The evidence didn't end there. The first ransom note came from John's neighborhood. A sleeping suit sent as the false proof of life uh, that, that the Lindbergh baby was still alive in a future ransom note was wrapped in deli paper. And John Knoll and his brother Walter who was now. Also when you say deli paper, is this like what you would wrap a hoagie in? Yeah, like just like a wax paper, I guess. Or whatever that is. Well, a hoagie paper is more of like a... Whatever they were using yeah. in, in the Bronx and... Well, I, I don't like how dismissive you just were. I don't know what they try to talk to you about it, and that's not how we have a conversation. I don't say, "Oh, like no," and I start to tell you, and then you go, "Whatever." That's that's not nice. Who told you to act like that? I don't know. Mm. Yeah, whatever they would use in a deli at the time, it was the same type of paper. And I don't know. Am I allowed to have an opinion or talk or? Sure. Okay. Of course. Because I, I I I don't know. I feel like you're just jumping down my throat. Yeah, I think it's that. Uh, like you, you wrap wrap a hoagie in. Now the wax paper would kind of be on the inside of that. You yeah, would have like you would have like a yeah. like a clear plasticky like w more like yeah like wax type paper, mm -hmm. and then you'd wrap like if you have a sandwich you'd wrap the sandwich in that, and then you would have the like the cream colored paper whatever right. paper over that, and then that's what you would. Uh, Anything we get like deli meat in, yeah, like that, just that type of paper was. I love that that that's still a thing, by the way. The deli. Okay, so go ahead. So this is what was wrapped in this. Uh, as one of the one of the notes the the kidnapper sent is like a ransom thing or just a correspondence note was as a supposed proof of life, even though the, the baby was long dead at this point. They sent like a sleeping suit, almost like a onesie or something like that. I don't know what it would have been back then. Okay. They sent that and it was wrapped in deli paper, and the suspect that some people think was involved. And may have been the mastermind of kidnapping John Knoll. Uh, he and his brother both worked in a deli, so that definitely could have been something there. Uh, John Knoll lived modestly, but after the ransom was paid, he, he took a $700 boat trip from New York to Hamburg, Germany with his wife. And that wasn't exactly pocket change for him. The room he rented not too long before the kidnapping cost $10 a month. And now he's taking $700 boat rides to Germany. And he's taking them when Bruno Hauptmann's trial is beginning. In case Bruno Hauptmann maybe flips on him. You don't know. And and coincidentally, John Knoll returned to New York after Hauptmann was convicted. So he was gone while the guy who might put him in jail was on trial. So there seems to be some evidence that, uh, that John Knoll might have been involved. 
And, and Zorn's suspicion of Null has a rather personal origin. Uh, Zorn's father, Eugene Zorn, lived three doors away from John Null. They bonded over a shared German heritage and a shared love of stamp collecting. And obviously John Null's like an older guy, but it's like a neighborhood kid, kid uh, Eugene Zorn, was a, a um, he was a neighborhood kid that, that, that uh, John Null had taken a liking to. And the elder Zorn recalled Noel taking him to Palisades Park, a theme park in New Jersey, uh, which was known at the time for having the world's largest saltwater pool. And there Zorn remembers that Noel and his brother were talking in German with a third man. Eugene Zorn... Is that in Patterson? It's in Palisades Park, I believe. It's in Palisades Park. Palisades Park. Yeah, I, I think the town might have been named after the park, even though the park doesn't exist anymore. I could be wrong about that. There's also a, a famous song from I think the 50s about Palisades Park that was my, ri- my dad always uh, talked about Palisades Park. Yeah, it's a it's a borough in Bergen County. We yeah, lived near we, it. We, oh, we it was right next right to us. It. Yeah, we still live right by it. Yeah, we literally lived in a town yeah. next to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because my son. What town was my son born? It was a Fort Lee or was it uh, Inglewood? Inglewood. It's right by Fort Lee. Which, Inglewood is where uh, Dar- or Darwin, I was going to say Darwin because he was a, a social Darwinist. Lindbergh and his wife lived there uh, most of the time. Fort Lee is where the first movie theaters, I mean, uh, movie companies were. Oh, what? wow. The okay. Palisades. Uh, the right. Palisades. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why you have the Pacific Palisades. Right. And when they're, that's why they call it, the, they're differentiating between that and Palisades over in, in Jersey. Right. Um. Yeah, because we have the Palisades there too. Yes, yeah, so we have Palisades Park. Uh, and when my dad was a kid, he I remember him telling me that they would see like there would always be these um, ads in like comic books and stuff. Mm-hmm. Excuse me for Palisades Park. Right. And he always wanted to go there. It when was, he was a, a very kid. famous. Uh, in fact, there was a very famous song written about it that was written by a man from Philadelphia. Uh, Will Smith. No, it was well before his time. Hmm. Chuck Barris. Oh, really? Yeah, Chuck Barris wrote the song. I didn't Palisades realize Park. Chuck Barris is from Philly. I believe he is. I could be wrong. Uh, but anyway, that's that's where this was. And so they they, they had a third man uh, that was speaking German with the the, uh, the Noel brothers. And Eugene Zorn didn't speak German, but he recognized two words that were said in the conversation. Englewood, which was, it's funny, you just brought up that was where your son was born. That was where the Lindberghs usually lived. And then they had the other house. Uh, farther west that was where the ch- the baby was kidnapped and then the other word was bruno which again would be the name of bruno hauptman uh bruno richard hauptman the man that was convicted of killing uh the Lindbergh baby whether this all amounts to go or not is unclear after all like we mentioned earlier bruno hauptman didn't even go by bruno he went by richard he went by his middle name what is clear is that the tragedy of it all is that a young child was taken in such a needless way and if John Knoll was involved, there was a little bit of poetic justice, possibly. He died in 1980 after falling off a ladder. Really? To tie it all together, yep. And um, so, yeah, that's the story of the Lindbergh baby, of the Lindbergh family, of people changing their identities and coming to America. A lot of different coming things Coming to America. Remember that shit? I do. I love them. I think they're doing a part two. They always, I think they said that. Yeah, they're like coming to number two America. They were like, uh, Akeem's son, I think, is now coming to America to find a bride. I think that's the uh, the premise of the next the next one. 
So, I love that movie. Coming to America is one of my all-time Oh, my favorites. God. I loved when that shit came out. The guy who wrote that is the guy who did the movie Beyond the Mat, the documentary about wrestling. Oh, really? Barry Blostein, yeah. Gosh. He wrote Ed, a lot of Eddie Murphy. Eddie movies. Murphy with all the different characters in the barbershop? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just him opening the window going, yes, fuck you, too. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> McDowell's. <sighs> Fucking funny. That's such a great movie. It's a classic. But anyway... There's only one thing left to do here, and I think you know what it is. All right, yeah, it's time to... No. I have to go show... It's time for another game of Who Died the Worst. That's right, everybody. It's time to play your favorite game, who died the worst? It's not who died the funniest. It's not who died the first. The name of the game, as always, is who died the worst. I have three deaths here on this list, and I'm going to read them off to Jackson Wells, and he's going to tell me which one of these three died the worst. Death number one is actually a three-for-one special. It is uh, Valentin Dedenko, Yuri Alfarov, and Natalia Monakova. And okay. the, the cause of death here is a combination of drowning and carbon dioxide suffocation. They were in an indoor swimming pool at a sauna party uh, in Moscow, Russia. If you couldn't tell by the names, these are Russian, uh, three Russian people. And basically what happened was somebody had taken 25 kilograms, so that would be between 50 and 60 pounds of dry ice, and they threw it in the indoor swimming pool. To make a big layer of fog over the water surface, just to make it like a more fun area to swim in. Okay. The only problem is dry ice is carbon dioxide. It's frozen carbon dioxide. And when humans breathe in too much carbon dioxide, they die. They die. And that's basically what happened there. Either they died from the carbon dioxide or they couldn't breathe, so they passed out and drowned. So that's death number one. Death number one is somebody puts dry ice in the pool, you can't breathe, and you die. Death number two is a man named Robert Dreyer. He was an older gentleman, 89 years old. And this was on his 89th birthday. So he's a young 89. He was a spry 89. And he crashed his car into a fire hydrant. And that's not how he died. That wouldn't be exciting. And that wouldn't have enough flair for who died the worst. He stepped out of his car and was almost immediately swallowed by a sinkhole that was caused by the hydrogen destroyed and the water pressure breaking the ground around him. Okay. Death number three. Charmaine Maxwell. She was a uh, a singer. She was in a group called Brownstone. I've never heard of them, but they were an R&B group. All right. And she was uh, enjoying... Uh, this is the second week in a row where we're talking about somebody dying from... Uh, well, actually, the other lady wasn't in a group. We found out she was a solo yeah, act. Well, yeah, well, that wasn't in Who Died the Worst. No, no, it was. I'm talking about on the show. Because it was Betty Wright, and everybody was forgetting because they thought it was Betty White. Betty White, yeah. Uh, Charmaine Maxwell was having a little wine. A lot of people Nothing like wrong wine. with that. Yeah, nothing wrong with right. a little wine. Nothing wrong with a little Crown Royal Apple in, in mm. Sprite. Better save me some of that. <laughs> How many bottles did you buy? Two. It? Oh, good, yeah. good, good, good. Yeah, we have plenty. Yeah, one's for you. <laughs> 
And she was having some wine, and, and as she was enjoying her drink, uh, she fell. She fell backward. And I guess she threw her hand behind her head, and the glass shattered on the ground behind her. The shards pierced her neck, and she bled to death. Okay. So death number one, again, is you're swimming, and somebody puts dry ice in the pool to make it look smoky. And you inhale the carbon dioxide, and you either pass out or drown, or both. Death number two is you crash into a fire hydrant, and that water pressure creates a sinkhole, and you fall in and drown. So I have a lot of drowning. I feel bad because of the uh, the Shag Gaspard story. He was a wrestler, and he was mm. uh, such a I don't even story. talk about that, man. That's scary. Yeah. It's, it's so sad for the kid. Yeah, and, and speaking of sh- shitty things and wrestling... You know that, that that show Dark Side of the Ring, right? Yeah. The one, their season finale is tonight, and it's Owen Hart. It's funny, because it's getting close to the uh, 21st anniversary of his death. On Saturday. Yeah. It'll be 21 years. It's, uh, it's also my 40th birthday. Yeah. May 23rd. And then death number three is you're drinking wine, and you slip and fall, and the broken glass cuts open your neck, and you bleed out. So I ask you, Jackson Wells. Who died the worst? I don't know. This is really tough. I, I think I think I'm, I'm going to need time. I don't know why I just say I think well, it. This was a very meticulously prepared episode of Who Died the Worst. It's not that I forgot to do it and did, it did it, like it real quick while I was in the bathroom. Yeah, right. Yeah. That didn't happen at all. Which is funny because I think this is how you should prepare them from now on. It was a pretty good one, yeah. Because this is a really tough one. Yeah, yeah. It worked well, out. I've never done this before. Uh-huh. I'm going to need you to tell me these again. Not in de- not in full detail, but just go over, recap them again. Death number I've one. heard them. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let me, so let me try to uh let me try to recap them. So death number 1. You're swimming in a pool. Right. Somebody puts in dry ice. A they want to dry ice. They want to dry ice. They want to they want to They want a smoke pool. Yeah, they, they want to make it look smoky and fucking really really cool. But you can't breathe dry you ice. You can't breathe. You can't breathe it in. And you pass out. Right. Is that how they they passed they out? Either died and, from inhaling it and like basically being poisoned by it. Or, I'm sure that they would know from an autopsy. Or they, I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't have. I think this is very recent. I don't think they did an autopsy yet. Um, and they, they do autopsies that day. Like as soon as they take. Yeah, them in, I guess they, do, they just they check it. It's water in the lungs. Yeah, I guess. So I, I think it was a combination of drowning and carbon dioxide poisoning. So they probably drowned, but the carbon dioxide made them drown. Okay. Death number two was also drowning. But it was an 89-year-old man on his birthday okay. who got out of a car. He had a fire hydrant. He got fire hydrant, got out of the car. And the water pressure and the broken hydrant made a sinkhole. Yeah. And he fell into a sinkhole and drowned. Okay. And then death number I shouldn't three. shouldn't be laughing, but okay. Death number three. You're drinking wine. You slip and fall. The wine glass breaks. The glass cuts your neck and you bleed to death. Okay. All right. Uh, so... The way I like to play this game is I like to eliminate people based off of stupidity mm-hmm. or whatever factor I deem right um, to be worth uh, eliminating somebody for. And in this case, I'm going to go with, I'm going to eliminate starting with, what number do you think I'm going to start with? Number three. You think I'm going to start with number three? Yeah. Okay. So, and then what would I do next? Then you would eliminate number two. I would eliminate number two, leaving the winner to be number Pool. one. Yeah. You're wrong. Okay. I'm going to start with number two. Okay, the, the car accident? The, yeah, the guy. 89 oh. years old, shouldn't be driving anyway. Yeah. Okay? All right. Yeah, it stinks, but he gets out, <laughs> falls in a sinkhole, kind of funny, 
because that's just and he drowns. That sucks. Yeah, it does. Suck. I mean, it's bad, but they're all bad. Yeah, they're all bad. No good ways to die. We're learning so, that through the so show. I, I get rid of that one. It's it's who died the worst. Mm-hmm. There's no good way to go. So would you would you rather drown or bleed out? Is the answer is a question. I think I have my answer, and I and it's funny because I would have said would be the first one eliminated. I would think I would. I think the third one's the worst because the second because if you're can't get air, you're just probably like kind of passing out, mm-hmm. and then you drown. Like it sucks that you're dead, right? But you're probably knocked out while you're dying, right? And then the other person, but you're drunk while you're dying, so right? right. Like, it depends on how drunk you are, right? Like you might be so drunk you don't care, right? So it is tough. Right. So this is why you make the hard decisions here. Right. But you just made it. I did? Yeah. So who died the worst? Well, you said it. Number three? Yeah. Okay, number three it is. Yeah, because you just said it. It's the worst because you're, you're your neck is sliced. Yeah, the, the carbon monoxide probably made yeah, made you pass out. You didn't even know. Yeah. But you fu- you're drunk and you fucking get caught. Now you're laying there. Ah, You're in pain. Yeah. And you're bleeding out. Yeah, you didn't pass funny. out unless she unless she she got yeah, I caught I, yeah, I guess, and it passed out. Yeah. But it's still more gruesome. Yeah, it is. They're all bad. Bleeding out is not good. So my I, my answer is that it's not the drowning because I think that the eighty nine year old guy, if he drowned, that sucks. But he probably passed out. Yeah, the fall might. Have it doesn't seem out, like right? it's gruesome. The the cutting your neck open part seems super fucking gruesome. Yeah. It's uh, probably spraying everywhere. That's the answer this week. So, um, yeah. So, so number three. Also, guys, listen, because I know he likes to just hurry up and end it. Uh, check out our social media. Yeah. Look up Murder My Dude on Anything. Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Twitter. Email us at murdermydude at gmail.com. Uh, don't go to our website because there's, I mean, unless you want to go and, and buy a, a shirt. Yeah, you, know, you can find the store there. That's fine, but you're go not to our store. I haven't go been. The rest of the I haven't updated it yet since like November, because you know laziness. So it'll get there. Don't worry. Uh, we'll tell you when we get there. Okay, we'll tell you. You don't tell us. All right, we'll fucking tell you when we update our fucking shit. Don't push me. But what you should do is you should tell a friend about the show. Cool. Like, hey, here's a show where they talk about weird shit and murder and and anything else they want to, and it's funny. Mm. And then they talk about they rank deaths at yeah. the very end. Yeah, rank it's death. very morbid, but it's funny and fun. Yeah. They stare into the abyss, as I've explained this, the show being. Uh, yeah, so tell a friend. Five star rating goes a long way. Yeah, do it. Look, we we need some of that Joe Rogan Spotify money. You know, sure. So, so 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 just make our show bigger. We would greatly appreciate it. Yeah. You know how much we'll appreciate it. You know what we'll do for them? Do more shows. Yeah, we will see them next week with more murder. My dude. What if the baby was just made of really smelly cheese?
No, that's the Limburger, baby. 